The news from Town Hall is brought to you. Hear us streaming 24-7 at KCNR1460.com. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. Sitting on a bar stool, kind of short and kind of square, through the foam in his mustache, his voice filled the air. Talking about the state of mind, son. Talking about the state of Jefferson. That's what we're going to talk about, I think. My arm. Everybody else can. Can they? Oh, there. I can hear me now. Anyway. Good, good morning, morning, Jefferson. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. We are. I'm here with my partner, Wynn Carpenter. And I'm here with my partner, Terry Raposa. And we are both here together. With Sue. Because if you're here and I'm here, and we're with Sue. And she's fighting the technical difficulties. Good the morning, gentlemen. Hi, Sue. Sue. I will do the best I can. <laughs> Sue, you can do whatever you want, my dear. You're awesome. Her and Ashley, I mean, you know, you don't get any better than that. That's and she's fighting the, uh, she the the lack of uh, cooperation by the equipment because of the daylight savings daylight time. Daylight savings time <laughs> kind of threw me under the bus, so I'm like climbing out. But uh, I'm so glad to be here. And good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, my dear. And, and you know, you do a great job. Don't worry about it. Hang loose. Today is Hang Loose Day, I think. Anyway, uh, we are broadcasting live from KCNR 96.5 FM. 1460 AM. And the FM is better for the music, I think. But anyway, <laughs> it's your talk radio. We're in downtown Reading. Um, I'm going to get right to where we're going here because I have a feeling we probably are going to have a, a guest on here very shortly. Uh, tomorrow night at the Patriot meeting at 2570 South Bonnie Road at the church that shall remain nameless, we're going to be showing Fire in Paradise. It's the one year after the uh, – it's a film one year showing the one-year anniversary. Of, I don't know if that's even the right term. People use that, but – how can you have the anniversary or something like that? Anyway, yeah. of California's deadliest wildfire ever. And uh, uh, it's it, it should be a very, very good film. I think it's 56 minutes long. Uh, it's absolutely um, an excellent film. Um, and we have a guest on this morning uh, who uh, ha- worked for PG&E and has some information on PG&E. Because a lot of people have kind of thrown PG&E under the bus on this thing. And uh, certainly there is some blame to go around. But uh, we've got some inside stuff, and we have our good friend Bob. Bob, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so you have some information on PG&E. First of all, tell us uh, your uh, affiliation with them. What, uh, what's the scoop? Well, scoop was I spent about 44 years in the power generation industry across the United States. The last six and a half years, I was a supervisor over Pacific Gas and Electric's uh, intermittent renewable solar assets and fuel cell sites. And what that did is it allowed me to be re- I was responsible for the operations and maintenance oversight of construction of 13 new projects, uh, 10 of which were solar and three fuel cell sites. 
And on top of that, I had uh, multi-million dollar budgets that I was responsible for and staffing these new sites and getting training and safety all set up. And did a lot of contract management and multi-million dollar construction contracts. I was always chasing warranty issues and trying to spend their money instead of our ratepayers' money because I was one of the ratepayers. <laughs> At the end of the day, I was responsible for project performance because obviously you and I as ratepayers would expect that when we spend millions and millions of dollars on something, we get our money back. And that was my responsibility, and I, I was very successful at that. We had perfect safety and uh, under budget on our, our performance as well, and everything went well. But that's my experience. Well, um, now you've got some things to share with us, uh, some research you've done yep. and some information you have to share. So go right ahead, my friend. Part of my, my main responsibility, of course, was budgetary issues. So we would have a very detailed line-item budget for operations and maintenance once we went commercial and started producing solar energy. The problem with solar is it's intermittent and obviously only works when the sun's shining, and there's no real economical means to take a battery technology or any way really to take that energy, excess energy, and put it into some sort of storage medium and discharge for the entire evening and maybe for two or three days when you're in the middle of a storm. So it's very expensive because in addition to the solar generation that you and I as ratepayers would pay for, they also have to have conventional generation, whether it be hydro or whether it be gas turbine technologies or what it may be, you know, biomass, burning wood chips or what have you. So you add those two together, and the cost of operations and maintenance for generation for large regulated utility is just astronomical compared to those without a major solar or wind portfolio that they're relying on. Um, now, what's the state of California? Uh, what's what's their play in this thing now? There's been some uh, there's been some yep. talk of the state of California actually taking over uh, PG&E or taking over the um, areas in which PG&E is now doing business. Uh, do you have anything you can share with us on that? One of the major things with the utilities in California, we always uh, the coin is oh they're a regulated utility. Well, really, what does that mean? Who is regulating them? They're regulated by the California Public Utilities Commission. The CPUC consists of five individuals that run the CPUC. One of them was our pre is a president of the CPUC, and she was appointed in January by our governor Newsom. Another of the commissioners was appointed by Newsom in July, and then three other commissioners were appointed by Jerry Brown. So these are bureaucrats, basically, with very little actual power generation, power distribution, transmission knowledge at all other than they occupy a seat where all that information is flowing over their desk and through their ears all the time. And I invite folks to go to the cpucca.gov webpage and take a look at the, at the general rate case and look at your CPUC regulators and get your own opinions on that. It's kind of like when we look at our, our CARB, and we got CARB out here, our California Air Resources Board, they're making rules and regulations on gas. They're making rules and regulation on uh, diesel engines that have to be replaced just because I said so and costing people hundreds of thousands of dollars. The PUC is a regulatory agency, and they and they have a three-year reg, uh, regulation cycle where they set consumer rates, and they also set O&M budgets for the regulated utilities, of which there are three large, largest utilities and then four smaller utilities. What's an O&M budget, buddy? operations and maintenance. Thank you. And so we submit the line item of our own end budget, operations and maintenance budget, to PG&E approximately nine months in advance of having to take it to the California Public Utility Commission. Our upper management goes over the budgets line by line. They make modifications to it. 
they take money from one budget line and push it into another line, depending on what the priorities are at the time. And then it goes to the Public Utility Commission. They take a look at it, and then the fun starts. There's approximately 12 intervener organizations that are part of the rate case on the GRC, and their costs are potentially are possibly are partially, excuse me, partially paid for through the rate case itself is paying these folks to intervene on behalf of the consumers, you and I. And these are folks such as uh, the Latino uh, group. There's a, a senior group that looks at low-income energy prices. And they're not all bad. I'm not saying that. But they just all have a place at the table. There's a utility reform group and an office of ratepayer advocates in there, just to name a few of the 12 of them. Yeah, and they're all involved in the rate case, so they make their recommendations to the PUC. PG&E and the PUC response, and an ultimate responsibility falls on whatever the PUC says PG&E's budget is. So then, what we find right now going on in California is we're having these terrible wire fires, and they have a line item in the rate case that talks to PG&E about how much they shall spend and how many poles they shall renew each year. And PG&E proposes a budget number. The interveners put a budget number down, and then the PUC comes back and says, oh, then we're going to do this. So I'll just give a quick case. PG&E uh, was told by one of the interveners that they should replace 9,400 more poles per year than our forecast, okay, and that cost approximately $130 million to do that per year. The settlement provided that PG&E will spend an additional $4 million for 2018 and $6 million for 19. So they didn't get the, the 9,400 poles. They got significantly less at the end of the GRC, the thing with the PUC. So they can't go out and spend all that money because you and I as ratepayers don't want to see our rates triple and double. You know, so that's a good thing. We've got advocates watching over our expense, but it's a bad thing because we can't just go out with carte blanche and just spend on all the things we want to. Now, so the the, the five member board. I'm kind of still hanging on this one. It it those those people are appointed kind of like um, <laughs> for the lack of a national thing going on. Like Hunter Biden, then, aren't they? They have no experience whatsoever, and they're sitting on this board, and then they're affecting every one of us. We're paying for it, and they're appointed by our governor. So how do they get there? I mean, how does a person get in there? Do you contribute to the governor campaign, and then you get to be on this uh, PUC committee? Is that how it works? I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out from, you know, an ignorant perspective. I'm just trying to, you know, shed some light on it. What happens? How do they get there? If you look at the PUC webpage and you look at the commissioners and you look at the president of the CPUC, you can see their history, their background on there. And they were advisories to Governor Brown, and they were on an advisory board here and an advisory board there. And they uh, typically they have a, a law degree somewhere in their backgrounds. Of in the case of the president, the president was uh, running an entertainment organization in uh, in Las Vegas at one time, I believe it was. It was one of the major casino groups in, Las, I believe, Las Vegas, and uh, has an IT background as well. Of course, they all have college degrees and legal degrees and such, but there's really not a lot of experience other than what they've been and what board they've been appointed to. Over time, they gather, you know, by osmosis, by sitting in a seat, they get a little bit of knowledge, but they don't come from the industry. They don't really have knowledge wow. firsthand on what's happening. Hey, Bob, we're going to have to go off to a break here. Uh, can you come back after the break, or how are you looking? Sure, sure, no problem. All righty. I'll hang on. I'll hang on. Thank you. With that, time has come. For 51. Let's get her done.
walk us your city lights. If you ain't ever took a ride around and cruise right through the heart of my town, anything you say would be a lie. We may live our lives a little slower, but that don't mean I wouldn't be proud to show you. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. Signs, signs, signs. That's right, Wonderland Signs has your signs. Big signs, we do them. Vehicle wraps, we do them. If it's a sign, we do them. Vinyl, paint, 3D murals, big little inside, outside, every sign you could want. I'm um, sorry, Bob. Could we sign a monster truck, Reed? Could you do that again? When you need sign work, Wonderland Signs is the one. Featuring the highest quality materials, longest warranties in the area, all at competitive prices. Wonderland Signs quality can't and won't be beat. From vinyl architectural to banners to magnetics, from 3D to vehicle to sandblasted to murals. If it's a visual message you want to send, we can deliver. Plus, being that we are fully licensed, bonded, insured contractors, we can install them and other sign shops can't. We even offer financing on many sign types. Check us out online at wonderlandsigns.com or come by the shop on South Market and meet the Wonderland Signs staff. Mention this ad and get 50% off any pair of magnetic signs. Wonderland Signs, now celebrating 33 years in business in the North State with amazing attention to detail and quality service. Wonderland Signs. That doesn't happen to men. It's not just a woman's issue. It only happened once. I will intervene. But he's such a nice guy. We will look out for each other. What did she think would happen? I will step in. It's just the way people are. It's on us to change the future for our children. We will change the culture. Get involved. One safe place. OSPShasta.org slash change the culture. I'm in a hurry to get things done away. Rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Don't know why. I have to drive so fast, my car has nothing to prove. It's not you, but it'll do zero to sixty in five points. That's a great song, Sally. Music provided by Rally Sally and technical expertise <laughs> provided by Susie Q. Good morning. <laughs> you were too kind. No, you did great. I mean, she, we came in here and she's like, oh my gosh, we have this going on, that going on, and that girl got it done. Let's give her a hand. Like herding cats. <laughs> it is like hurting cats. Anyway, uh, Bob, we only have a few more minutes here with you, buddy. So, Wynn has a... Here, 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 here's an example, me, Terry. Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah. 
Wynn has a, a quick thing to, to bring up and then, and then shoot away. Go you ahead. mentioned the board real quickly. You mentioned the board. So I pulled it up, and then I looked at past board members. Guess who was one of the past board members of the CP, California PUC? None other than Loretta Lynch. Kid you not. Kid you not. So people, do your homework. Check it out. See, this is very telling what's really going on, how we're being hosed. Look it up. Look stuff up. Find out what's happening. Loretta Lynch. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? Yes, I can because we're in California. So, okay, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, buddy. I just had to share that tidbit. You bet. I appreciate that. That's sure. good knowledge. Hey, one of the things we're having is, you know, we're having these terrible brownouts, and this puts us like a third-world state now. It's ridiculous. But here's the, here's the double-edged sword. The California Public Utility Commission is also involved in what we call a fault location isolation and service restoration switch. It's technology that automatically was looking at all of our distribution lines out in the grid, which is about 130,000 miles of power lines out there in PG&E territory. And they're monitoring the power, and they, if the line goes open, the thing senses the power is not there anymore. It's de-energized, and it turns around. It isolates the location where the fault was. If there's a tree into a power line and a high wind issue one time, and then the tree clears, doggone thing, closes back in, allows the line to become energized. Because why? We want reliable energy. We don't want to be in the dark for five or six hours or more while a line is patrolled by a lineman looking for something that they'll never find anyway because the tree limb has now fallen out of the tree, out of the line. So we had this thing on the on the rate case here that said PG&E recommended installing 77 of these new Flisser, uh, Flisser uh, devices that will automatically check the line, locate the fault, and then reclose if the line fault clears. They were going to put 77 of them in in 2017. Well, the, one of the rate interveners said, oh, no, you need to up that and put a 308 per year and increase it to get a higher benefit per cost ratio. Okay, I understand that. At the end of the day, when we got out of here, PG&E was told to go not 77, but 116 of these devices and not 308 per the recommendation. Well, I understand that, too, because we as consumers don't want our rates thrown through the roof. It'd be great if we had carte blanche and we could just do whatever we wanted. But we got to watch that, and that's what the PUC is supposed to be doing for them. And if you look at their mission statement, just look at their mission statement, safe, reliable, and economical energy to our customers. <laughs> and then we're turning around and we're having to open lines up and de-energize them in high wind events, and then we're all pointing our fingers at PG&E. But all I used to tell my guys all through my career is if I'm pointing my finger at you for something, i got three fingers pointing back at me. And there's a bunch of blame to be blamed, not just PG&E, but the California regulators and the California legislator that puts all this stuff together. You know, Bob, this has been great, and um, I would recommend that you call um, Carl Bott and call him there, and I'll ask him, too, to be on Free Fire Radio, because I think that it'd be good if you could come on, if you'd be willing to, uh, come on to a program for an hour uh, and chit-chat about this stuff and answer some questions. It's good stuff. I really respect what you had to say, especially about the three fingers pointing back. I mean, one thing, folks, this gentleman has given good information, solid information, uh, factual information, and, and really isn't putting the entire blame anywhere, but certainly is showing uh, that uh, there's enough to go around, that's for sure. So, my we've friend... We've got to do something to resolve the problem. Yes, sir. Let's work together. You work bet. together. All right, Bob, listen... Uh, Great job. Thanks again, and God bless you. I know you got to head off to church and get her done. And uh, All right, brother. Talk to you later. Thank you all, folks. Take all right. care. Have bye time bye. for 51. Bye-bye. You bet, brother. Okay. Anyway. Um, another patriot. Another patriot. I mean, Bob is just an amazing guy. Uh, we, 
you know, he's always in the trenches with us. He is <laughs> always, and you know, the thing that's so great about it is the fact that uh, you know uh, that we have so many people that that really have solid information about these kinds of things. And, and how do we get the word out on this stuff? I mean, really and truly, you know, I'm gonna we will go ahead and, and get a hold of Carl and see if you'd like to have Bob on because I, I just think it's good information to share. Absolutely, yeah. And all the people that listen during the week that aren't able to listen during the weekend, you know, get a little bit of education too. I agree. There we go. Cool. Um, we we we've got uh, we've got Mark on the line. Mark, how are you, sir? Good morning, Mark. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I wanted to. Uh, uh, I wanted to. It looks like the phones are now ringing off the hook here. here okay, we go. stay focused, Mr. Raposa. Stay I am focused. staying focused. But uh, what we wanted to do <laughs> was to talk a little bit about the election. Did you have something on your mind there, Mark? Oh no, no, that's okay. In fact, I just called in uh, as an afterthought. Really, I, I saw you had a guest, so I didn't want to interrupt you. But he's right about all of it. Um, Forty-nine states have ways to turn on the power, and even when the wind blows, and this isn't one of them. And you can lay the blame at Sacramento and the CPUC and the progressive policies that have ruined this state. And that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, it always comes back to Sacramento, doesn't it? Everything. Amen. And if, yep. or if not locally, you know, with, you know, sheriffs and others, you know, that are. So help us see them, contribute to the lawsuit so that we can do something about this before it's too late. And thanks, and I'll listen to your next guest. All right. Thank you, Mark. All right, Mark. Have thank you, buddy. Okay. All right. Um, what we, <laughs> we have Richard on the line. So, Richard. Good morning, Richard. How you doing? How are you doing? Richard, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hey, hey, there you go. You're hey, on there, air. Richard. What's happening? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to show up tomorrow night for the, the video, the fire video. Um, and what I want to do is after that, I, I have 18 years experience with Cal Fire um, as uh, working on a fire engine. Um, and I'd like to just do like a question and answer session. Of course, it's informal, and I'm not speaking for Cal Fire. I don't work for them anymore. But uh, I have considerable knowledge on these types of fires. I've been on them. So I, I want to show up. I want everybody to know that I'll be there uh, to do a Q&A after the video. Okay. Well, that sounds, sounds good. good. We'll see you tomorrow night. Okay, tomorrow guys. night. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. With that, I want to talk a little bit about the election. Yes. Election. I think it's, we have an election coming up? We do. For what? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you're not distracting me at all. <laughs> I mean, I've got all this stuff in front of me I'm trying to get to, but um, uh, that'll be neat tomorrow night to have Richard come in and explain that stuff. Yeah. This is good. And maybe have Bob chit-chat a little bit. We really could, That's going to form yep. out to be a nice thing. Anyway, yep, yep, yep. Um, let's talk about this election a little bit. We have Mega Daly, who is the Republican, running against Elizabeth Betancourt, who's the Democrat. And I got an email from a friend, um, and he told me I could use his name, so I will, Tom Dota. And the Dota family has been in Sierra County forever. Uh, he has been a staunch Republican, as his dad before him, um, and he has worked and also chaired the Republican Central Committee there. Well, he wrote us an email because I think this shows the frustration of many of the people, especially the Republicans. It really shows their frustration in the leadership. Terry and Sally, for the first time in my life, I'm voting for a Democrat. The failed Dally corruption is what is wrong. Both of them claim to be conservative Republicans. What has he done for us, the people? What has his wife done? She uses his contacts to get elected to bring in another paycheck. The Democrat at least calls herself a Democrat. 
I hope when this corrupt election is over, the next round we can elect Patrick Jones to have a real representation, which we have not had in years. People calling themselves Republicans to get elected and no follow-through should be thrown in jail. We have to vote together to get the best for Jefferson, Tom Dota. Now, I called him and asked him if I could use this, only because this shows one side of it. Now, I'm not advocating anything here. This is a man's opinion. It seems to be a lot of people's opinion. There's also the opinion that Megadelli is the only Republican. If you don't vote for Megadelli, you've, you've got a Democrat. Now, there's a lot of ways to look at this, and I'm going to bounce this off and win a little bit. One of those ways is you could say, you know, <laughs> I just got the cross sign. <laughs> anyway, one of those things is is that, you know, you can vote for the Democrat. Well, you know, to me, when I look at that, just my own opinion, I mean, I'm diametrically opposed to just about everything she believes. You can vote for Megan Daly. Well, frankly, to vote for Megan Daly, you have a position to where you're voting for someone who is a Democrat but really a rhino. Fact is, uh, there is sources that are saying she uses the Democratic National Committee server, same as uh, Betancourt and same as Audrey Denny. For their website? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's all kinds of things that are going on with Megan Daly. The third thing you could do is not vote at all. Now, if you're a Republican and you don't vote, uh, it's one less Republican vote. If you're a Democrat and you don't vote, well, then it's one less Democrat vote. Or you can write in somebody as a protest vote. So you really have four change, uh, four uh, different things, four ways you can go. And, and it really isn't anything to where, you know, um, I was surprised to get this from Tom and when I had a talk with him because, I mean, you're talking about somebody who is a, you know, who, who holds a lot of influence in the Republican Party and somebody who is just frustrated with what's going on with, with all the moves the Dallies have made and all the different things that they've done or haven't done. But then again, you've got Elizabeth Betancourt, and you know, I'm, uh, to me, I mean, you know, it's um, it's hard to go into a voting booth and just hold your nose. So I haven't really made up my mind yet. What say you, Win? Hmm. Well, whoever gets elected on Tuesday will be in office and rerunning right on the heels of this election for the next primary, which is in March. So people have a choice to make. Do they do a short-term vote on something that they would never do? Or do they withhold their vote altogether? I mean, it's, it's, ap it's apathy within the voting block here in District 1. It, that was evident. You look at all the counties, um, which I did. The statistics, I have got access to all the statistics. Um, people were not turning out in droves for either one of these people. And... Um, it's sad because here we are living where we live and depending on Sacramento to <laughs> um, help us out when they're not. So we're voting somebody in to go to Sacramento to do what for us? And that's the problem. It's just a, it's a huge cluster mess. It's, it's awful. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I, I vacillate back and forth. Do I vote? One way, do I vote the other? Do I not vote at all? Do I do a write-in? By the way, at the top of the ballot on there, there's a little bit, there's enough room to write in a name. However, that name will not count. That name will not go on to be counted as um, someone who could be voted in 
but you're just basically making a statement if you a want to write. A protest vote. Yeah, basically a protest vote. So you're you're essentially tossing your vote, but you're making a statement by writing somebody's name in there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there there are many ways looking at it, and I guess you have to you have to look at yourself and figure out what's going to go on and and see how you're going to proceed. We've got Roberta on the line. Roberta, how are you, my dear? Good morning, Roberta. Good morning. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm writing in Patrick Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, Roberta. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, what I'm really calling about is um, I had an idea uh, that maybe we could raise funds by uh, including families. I'm calling it um, Constitutional March to Jefferson. And um, uh, what I, uh, my idea was to encourage families to uh, read and um, study and learn about the Constitution. And as they do, they could have a bank or a jar. And they could reward themselves by uh, putting uh, some change in there or a dollar bill in there. And the kids could get involved and they could earn uh, by doing good deeds or reciting something from the Constitution. And they could put a little quarter or, or something in the jar. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take long before... All that little bit of uh, change adds up. And uh, last month I uh, contributed $21 wow. from just excess change that I had. And uh, this month I am going to be able to put in $19. So I'm now, with what I have contributed before, I'm, I'm up uh, almost to $100. So anyway... Everybody can do a little, and a little adds up to a lot. Amen. And if many of us are doing it, we can get a whole lot. There you go. Thank if you, everybody. Roberta. Thank you, darling. Really appreciate you, and that's a great idea too. We'll talk more about that. As a matter of fact, now. And that's just just that's just the change she's contributed. She's contributed a lot more than that. Absolutely, she's Roberta's done a lot more than amazing. that. So she's just trying to come up with different ideas that's that are um, acceptable and um, able to be done. You know. In, in many ways by others, and so she's trying to help out with that, and she just encouraged her grandkids and so forth to do that too. So that's that's a good way for everybody to get involved and have some skin in the game. And Roberta definitely has skin in the game. You want to give the address of where they can send cool. them? So it's a way that that we can teach them. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can do it at schools. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you, Roberta. Okay. Is, Bye-bye. Is there a, a way that uh, that you could give the address now? Of uh... yeah, there's a way. Okay, good. Do you want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. Having <laughs> Costello have nothing. I'm telling you. Okay, great. yeah. If you want to mail your check, cashiers check, money orders, uh, whatever you want to send in, you can mail it to P.O. Box seven five one Palisadro, P.A.L.O.C.E.D.R.O. Nine six zero seven three. Again, PO Box seven five one, Palisadro nine six zero seven three. And we want to thank everybody who does contribute. You know, and that's the thing. The importance, the importance of the uh, of the court case. It, it it can't be it can't be stressed enough. Um, if we push the court system to go to the three judge court, and we push the position of the lack of representation and dilution of vote, 
the increase in California for representation would be astronomical just because of the population. Right. If that happens, of course, our strategy is, okay, well, here's a remedy for the harm that you've caused us with lack of representation and dilution to vote, legislative body of California. How about you just let us go? Let the 23 counties go. You can do whatever you want in your state. We'll do what we need to do in our state. And that's sort of the strategy of this thing in a nutshell. But really and truly, you know, as we look at all these different issues and everything we hear about, whether it be the people that we elect, the people, the oligarchy, I'll say it again, our oligarchy we have in California, all this stuff that we have going on, state of Jefferson is the only solution. One other thing very quickly before we get to our next caller, and that is we have had a recall for Gavin Newsom, and we've been out there and we've been gathering hundreds of signatures, literally hundreds of signatures. And in, in doing this, we have talked to everybody who walks up about Jefferson, every single person that's walked up. Every other county should be out there on that recall flying a Jefferson flag, maybe wearing a Jefferson cap, and having more importantly, Jefferson brochures and people who can explain what we're doing with Jefferson. This is a cross-pollination. We've done a lot of things. We've got with a lot of groups. We had one issue where we went down with a bunch of conservative groups in July, did all this stuff, went to this event. Then it cost, it cost the folks that went from Jefferson some money. They went and did it. Not one thing came out of that. Out of this recall, we know that we have touched, just in Shasta County, at least 500 people that didn't know about Jefferson, and now we have more and more people coming to our meetings. Well, so we have, and before we go on, um, on the heels of that, for people wanting to know what um, the, the court, anything about the court case, go to SOJ51.org, and the opening page, top up in the top, you can see the, um, the little icons up there. You can click on CFR, and click on CFR case, and it'll open right to the documents, and you'll see the documents that have been filed with the Ninth Circuit. So you can see what's there. You can read the words for yourself. You can understand the words for yourself. And don't hear and don't listen to anybody else, that, all the naysayers, saying that we haven't done anything. Oh, it's there. <laughs> it's been approved. It's been submitted. And it's very well done. So go ahead and read it. And educate yourself, educate your children. They need to know and they need to understand because, you know, after all, when we do become a new state, when kids start asking parents and grandparents, what did you do to help to make this happen, what are you going to tell them? Are you going to be honest or are you going <laughs> to do it California style? Come on, you got you got to help out. So that's, that's all we're trying to do is just keep everything as clean and as um, – as presentable as possible, and we want we want the people to understand what we're doing. That's why we've elected to put the stuff on our website, the, the court case, everything that we can put out, we put out there. If there's things that if there are things that we can't put out, there's a reason for it, and we're not being sneaky or anything else. There's just a reason for it legally. So we have put everything out there that we can put out. So I just want everybody to know that. And just go ahead and read it for yourself. Print it off. Read it. You know, only, what, 21 pages, something like that? Not a big deal. Um, print it out. Read it. Understand it. And have a little bit of dialogue and figure out what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, and wrap your head around the process, why we have to do what we're doing. Because it isn't easy. It's a complicated process. And it's taken a lot of time to get to this point. So that, And that's where the money's going, too, for people that are not understanding how courts really work and the expense of a court case. Courts are expensive. Anybody that doesn't think so is absolutely delusional because every little thing that you, you file, you have to pay for. And some of these um, documents, we had to make multiple um, copies of this. When I say multiple, I'm talking like 60 or 70 copies yep. that have to be submitted to yep. the court at their demand. Yep. 
we don't have a choice. Our case does not get heard, does not get seen unless we make those copies. Yep. And they're bound. They're printed by certain companies that do nothing but that. And so those are very expensive. So please understand that we're doing everything we can. And um, our, like we said in the very beginning, our guesstimation, and it was a total guess on our part, was a million dollars for the court case. That was a guess. We had no idea. We still don't have any idea really what it's going to be. And to date, we've earned a little over 600000 and um, we spent, I'm not going to say most of it, but we spent quite a bit of it in, in going through the process. So I just want everybody to understand that so you, you see what's going on, you understand what's going on, and then you have to question yourself, what is the price of liberty? What are you willing to put out there for the price of liberty? Yep, and with that, we do have a couple of people online. Dar? Um, Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I just I just need want to get something straight. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write in uh, Henry Patrick Jones. I'm gonna write him in. There um, go. I have I have some other people. My family. They're gonna write him in. Um, so it won't count if we write him in. Um, I don't think so. No. But I mean, the the point is, is that. You know, we you've got um, you know you, you this is a decision you have to make. You can write him in. You can not vote. You can vote for the Democrat or vote for the Republican. But again, uh, as Wynn said, there'll be another primary in March, which gives time to field a candidate. So just take that for what it is. And I wonder if he's going to run in March. Well, we um, know yet. we'll we'll be having uh, there'll be some information coming out here. I guarantee you by the 11th of November. How's that sound? Yeah. Well, anyway, I I can't vote for either one of those women. Okay. I I I, I hear you. You're not alone, Dar. Yeah, you're not alone. Okay. okay. Anyway, Dar, we've got to go. Thank uh, Nick. You. Thank you. How you doing, Nick? Good morning, Nick. Hey. Good morning. You know, I was listening to uh, Roberta and her idea about the Constitution and raising some funds, and this just came to me right after I listened to her. You know, these guys that uh, I call them bums that uh, collect recyclables and everything. I got to thinking maybe we could roll a bum for Jefferson. We could knock him <laughs> off the bikes and steal steal the recyclables, and that would be a good state slogan too. Roll a bum for Jefferson. Uh, they might not want to settle here. Nick, you're you're gonna get us in trouble. Oh, <laughs> that's all I got. Thanks, buddy. Oh, all right. You gotta love that guy. Uh, Nick also uh, is uh, uh, one of our hosts here because we we have something that we call true delegation. <laughs> We have many people that can host this program, and uh, that's kind of the fun of this. There's so many people involved. I mean, you've heard from some great people this morning, uh, you know, and, and we, we're only scratching the surface. The phone's still ringing. Here we have Rally Sally. Good morning, Sally. Hey, baby. Hey. Um, I just wanted – I can barely hear you, but um, I just wanted to chime in about the petition gathering uh, to everybody that's listening out there. As you know, we've been out a couple of times every week. Um, since the petitions came out, gathering signatures, and um, as of tomorrow, um, I am going to send in 1,400 signatures wow. to the Shasta County Registrar. And um, it's really interesting out there because it's to, to talk to people. They are so determined. They come up, you know, steaming hot, and they want to vent when they're signing the um, petitions, you have to make them slow down and do it properly and do it correctly. Otherwise, their signature won't count. But it gives us a perfect uh, shoe-in to start talking about how this recall is not a fix. This is not going to fix California. Recalling Gavin Newsom is just a Band-Aid on cancer uh, because we'd have to recall so many other people that it would be it would take us to do that. 
Um, now, Sally, so the Sally. answer is, of course, the state of Jefferson. And so we are able to get the word out about Jefferson when we're out there doing our gathering. Now, they have to be registered voters to sign. Is that correct, Sally? Absolutely. Registered to vote. And they do not have to be in Shasta County. We do have other uh, people that have come from other counties. That, and we just start a new sheet for them, and I will be getting those uh, those signatures off to the counties where they need to go, too. Perfect. Perfect. You're awesome, my dear. Thank you, Sally. Oh, and one other thing. We do have a little donation uh, jar there for people to put, you know, cash in if they want to donate, and that money is going to be turned into the State of Jefferson Fund on Monday. Okay. Um, so, you know, every little bit helps, and we appreciate all the people who come up and, and want to donate to Jefferson. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. People will walk up, well, what can I do? Thank you guys for what you're doing. Well, you can thank us. How about five bucks? I mean, yeah. for the court case. <laughs> you know, uh, it has been great. I mean, talking to people about Jefferson has been amazing. I mean, you other counties out there. All you counties out there. And you hear stories, too, yeah. when you're taking those signatures about people that right. are either leaving the state for one reason or another, you know, maybe it's car, who knows, any number of things. You have all those reasons why they're going to be leaving. So it's sad to hear that, but it's that's the reality of it. Sally, your phone's ringing. I hear it. I'll <laughs> okay. let you guys go. Thank you. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, Wynn's absolutely right. I mean, we need to have people... Uh, be engaged in this thing. But, I mean, don't you guys see it? In all the counties should be doing it. I'm not saying other ones aren't. Siskiyou is. Tehama's been doing it. El Dorado. Hey, get on this Get on this thing here. Stanislaus has been doing it. Stanislaus has been doing it. Hey, yeah. Nevada County, let's get on this thing. Yeah. Placer. Hey, Placer County, let's get on this thing. You know, you get out there, you get some petitions out there, you talk to people about Jefferson, you give them a brochure. Killing two birds with one stone, Siskiyou's real good. Siskiyou's doing it. Siskiyou's doing a mean job up there. Yeah, and it isn't just a bunch of meetings and a bunch of people all talking together and all these great ideas that everybody has and everything's different and we're going to fix the Republican Party and we're going to fix the state and we're going to fix that. It can't be fixed. It's broken. can't be fixed. It's fractured. can't be fixed. And with that, we're going to go off to our last break so Sue doesn't get in any more trouble than she already is. <laughs> She's not in trouble. Time has come. We've got her back for 51. Get her done. Did you know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California? A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. 51% is all it takes. Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support. The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palosidrodentistry.com. 
at ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to you or your elders at ReadingRancheria.com. Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofits and churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your... So fortunate to have an organization like Home Helpers. You never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home. Another good song. Hey, Sal, how about this afternoon we sit in the patio, have an adult beverage, and listen to country music? Be right over. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty damn good. We're back here. Uh, we're talking about the election that we have coming up on Tuesday. That's been the last focus that we've had here. And we want to talk a little bit more about that. If you've got any questions or comments, 605-4567-605-4567. Again, we're broadcasting live from KCNR 96.5 FM where the music sounds better, 1460 AM, your talk radio. So with that, there was a, Dar brought up an interesting uh, point. You know, I guess a lot of people are writing in uh, Patrick Jones or whoever, but point is, is that, you know, really and truly, what is it that, what is it that happens other than helping a family in an, an oligarchy by electing Megan Daly? That's one viewpoint. What in the world does it do to elect a, a Democrat uh, who is diametrically opposed to what most of us believe? That's another view. Why even vote at all since the uh, the state of California and their legislative body has an oligarchy? Uh, yeah, well, we need to vote. Well, you know, what, the, the only thing that kind of rubbed me wrong, when is when Megan Daly said when we had her in to speak, well, you know, if you want a Republican, you have to vote for me. <laughs> um, gosh. You know, 
I mean, that, that was kind of tough to take. Or you can write in a protest vote, whoever that may be that you want to write in. So there's, there's different avenues. The sad thing is, is that we, this state is so badly broken. So badly broken. We had a lot of people come up and talk to us yesterday uh, at the recall. Several of them talking about, hey, why not? Why not uh, w- reach out to President Trump? You know, and um, there's a plan afoot. There's a plan afoot. Mm-hmm. Who says we have it? Well, there's also another plan afoot uh, with that in uh, in doing something else too, as far as getting uh, the president's attention. Um, you know, there, there, and there's people, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, feel one way or another about our president, uh, my own personal opinion, which I'll stick to. I think the guy's great. I love the fact that he's given us all courage. And I love the fact that he is somebody who's got stones talking about stones. <laughs> what, what's wrong with the Republican party? You know, I mean, they, what are, what are they doing? Why are they standing behind our president? Al- they're going along to get along. That's exactly what they do. They go along to get along. Well, you know, and it, it just—it's it, really—it's really sickening. Um, you know, the, the whole deal as far as the the state. I mean, there, there's really not a lot you can do. There's a lot of people who are just hanging on there, and and everybody is just shooting each other in the foot. Let's get after Jefferson and get it done. And here's a question I have that I want the entire world <laughs> to listen to, only because please, if you have a solution, please. Anything other than Jefferson, hey, give us the plan. Yeah. Where's the plan? We're open-minded. Where's the plan? you got 17 Republicans, who don't, who most of them aren't even real Republicans, and 63 Democrats in the Assembly in California, and you've got 10 senators that are Republicans, or say they do, and you've got... 30 Democrats. Okay, how do you fix that? Oh, I know, let's elect more Republicans. To do what? To do what? Yeah. To fix what? To fix this complete mess we have? Not going to happen. So the real deal is, if you've got a better plan, hey, 605-4567, 605-4567, call us. What's your plan? What's your plan? Hmm? You know, and that's the thing we have to understand. We've got to get behind this here. Mr. President, I wish you could hear me. We're in California. We've got sanctuary cities. The governor has broken the law by creating sanctuary cities, violating Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 of the United States Constitution. The governor has made treaties with foreign countries. Again, breaking his oath to the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 4. The governor has, has aided and, and shielded illegal in, uh, aliens. Title 8, Code Section 1324, United States Code. The state of California has literally taken our Second Amendment rights. We have the highest homeless population in the U.S. Mr. President, we need your help. We need the state of Jefferson. Mr. President, hear us. Mr. President, you have the courage. You have the stones to help us. Please help us. Now, we know that in an Article 4, Section 3 state split, that really you don't have a say in it, but you certainly can talk to Congress. Congressman LaMalfa, help us. Help us. 
Help us help you help all of us. Mr. President, we reach out to you. They're releasing violent felons everywhere. The governor has broken the law. The governor has arguably committed a felony along with Becerra, the Attorney General of the State of California, the Secretary of State, Padilla. We've got early release with Prop 57 of violent criminals. We've got teachers that can't even suspend students for bad behavior. We don't have, we've got all the, the medical exemptions removed for parents who don't want vaccines and things shot into their children's body. We've got the highest gas tax in the United States. We have the highest poverty rate in the U.S., We have a corrupt government. We have a corrupt assembly. Mr. President, we implore you, we beg you, Mr. President, if anybody can hear this out there and has access to the President of the United States, we love you, sir. I guess I can only speak for me. I respect you. I respect you calling things the way they are. I respect you for the way you stood up for the American people. And I know, sir, that you are in the Republican Party. But, Mr. President, you stood for the people. You went to the people. You went to us. We believe in you, sir. We need your help. We need to have Jefferson start now. We can do all these crazy things, all these ridiculous things to try to change something that's inevitable, the oligarchy in the state of California and the legislative body, the corrupt court system. The lack of representation. Mr. President, we have one senator for every million people. We have one assemblyman for every 500,000. George Washington said that representation is one for 30,000, but one for 40,000 is tyranny. Mr. President, we implore you as our leader, and I believe God put you there, sir. I believe as many people, God put you in the place you're in right now, at this time in history, in this place, to help us to gain liberty. So, Mr. President, just one more thing to say. Please, sir, hear our cry. Please, sir, hear our vigilance. See what we've done here in fighting against this corrupt government, this corrupt legislative body, this corrupt oligarchy we have in California. Mr. President, God bless you. We love you. Mr. President, time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.